Before we get started here, there's a couple of quick notes. One, there will be a discussion of child abuse beginning at minute 35.07 until 44.16. So this is your content and trigger warning for that. Two, in the middle of the episode, smack dab in the middle of it, we forget a word. We know now it's hypnotist. We know the word. We're just dumb. But now we know the word hypnotist, so that's fine. Enjoy. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. Did you know that Doc Ock, the Spider-Man villain, has a huge following of ghosts? Really? Yeah. They call themselves the Ock Cult. The Occult. Mm-hmm. Ock Cult. Uh-huh. I get it. it. Yep. Yep. Because it's, it's Ock and it's cult. Ock Cult. I, I get the joke. It's spoof hour. <laughs> Did you know there aren't a lot of jokes about cults out there? Or, like, brainwashing jokes that aren't, like, visual puns. So, like, a picture of a brain washing itself? Which is very cute. It's but really cute. But not but helpful for our podcasts or no, not a visual really medium, isn't. visual medium. But, yeah, welcome we, back to Spoof Hour. We made that work. We made it work. There's a reason why I'm telling the joke two weeks in a row, and it's because Sasha doesn't want to be responsible I'm for that monstrosity. I'm not responsible for that reach. <laughs> my, uh, my suggestion was, did you know... Well, her started with Courtney going, did you know we have a cult following? And I said, yes. Yes, it's we Spoof did. Hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. So. We're trying. It, it's... Yeah, this just doesn't, this sub- subject doesn't lend itself well to jokes. What is the subject, Sasha? Brainwashing and cults. Yay! <laughs> it's, there's no, like, straightforward joke about it. No, there really isn't. And we're not making a don't drink the Kool-Aid joke because... because that's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. A lot of people died in two. It was Flavor-Aid. Yeah, it wasn't really Kool-Aid. No, Kool-Aid got a bum rap. It was Flavor-Aid. Get your facts straight. So... You can find us on all major podcatchers. Whatever yes. you're listening to us on today is probably the one that you use. That's a great choice for it. You can find us on Twitter, at yes. Spoop Hour. Yes. Also on Instagram, where you can see our pictures, because podcasts are not a visual medium, but we talk about a lot of things that have pictures. And then you want to look at them. And then you can also email us at spoophour at gmail.com. And this week we do have listener mail, which is really awesome. We do. And this comes to us from... Naked Nora. <laughs> hey, Naked Nora. Hey, Naked Nora. How's it going? And the subject line is a northern cryptid for spooping. Hey. Hey. Thank you. And she said this to us a little while ago, but we're getting to it now. Thank so, you so much. Thank you, Nora. We love you. Anyway, so I should preface this with the fact that I am not Inuit myself, but I was raised in the Northwest Territories of Canada with Inuit babysitters and neighbors, and my dad and I took Inukitut. In- in- Inukitut? I don't know. We're from America. We're very bad at I'm indigenous bad at saying, cultures. I'm bad at saying words, but yeah, I was gonna say if I'm anyone's so been paying attention to the news lately in our neck of the woods, we're real bad about <laughs> indigenous people. 
Although, to be fair, they're from Kentucky. And, like, a fucking colonizer telling an indigenous person, build that wall, proves that it's just about white supremacy. It really is. That's all it fucking is. Anyway, if you think that's okay, go ahead and turn this fucking podcast up and maybe go yank your head out of your ass. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, thank you for this. Thank you, Nora. Thank you, Nora. Let's let's continue (laughs) on that little tangent of a word I can't say. Anyway, my dad and I took those lessons and have tried not to be douchebags in general. Good. This was told to me 20 years ago, though. Good job, Nora. We we should all try not to be douchebags. Not everybody does it. Everybody should do it. Yeah. Appreciate you, Nora. Also, do you want a sticker? The monster in question might be two separate monsters, depending on the retelling. I'll tell you the version I found online while looking it up, then the version I remember, which I think has an extra oomph of anti-colonialism. Yes! Which is a vibe we are about. (laughs) Thank you, Nora. (laughs) Thank you, Nora. Cannot thank her enough. (laughs) The adlet, while also used in some regions to refer to other peoples, was in most of the North used to refer to dog people, sometimes born of the monstrous union of a woman and a wild dog. Ugh. They have the back half of a red dog and the arms, torso, and head of a human. So if they were to wear pants, would they wear them like this or like this? this? You know that meme. That meme. (laughs) Podcasts are not official medium. I did it with my hands. Vertical or horizontal? How do pants? Anyway, they're fast and eat human flesh, good, and clash with hunters on the edges of explored land where they hunt and are hunted in turn by the Inuit peoples. Some places called them Adlet. Some called them Urkidlet. Shout out to Nora, who phonetically spelled it after writing it in its proper spelling. Thank you. Nora is my champion. I would fight all of you for Nora. So (laughs) thanks, Nora. (laughs) But they were the same thing, savage creatures. The strangest thing was their faces, which were Caucasian. Colonizers. Amazing. The version I heard was a little different. The woman laid with the red dog and bore the ten adlet who ate human flesh and were more dog than man. Half of them bred amongst themselves and gave birth to the urkidlet, who had human faces and drank human blood and were the ones who fought with hunters. They also occasionally seduced a hunter and had children with him, then fed him to the children? I'm not 100% sure I didn't make that last bit up. It sounds like something six-year-old me would come up with. (laughs) Amazing. That's fabulous. Six-year-old you sounds baller. Right. (laughs) The part that made me sad but also captivated me was that only half the adlets stayed in their homeland. The other five floated off east on an ice floe into the ocean but survived. They made their way to Europe and became the ancestors of white man, and that's why they're so destructive. Ugh, white people. Nora, hitting it out of the park. That's awesome. This is incredible. And she put in parentheses, Canada has a long and unsurprisingly recent history of cultural genocide against its native peoples, in case you Americans thought we somehow skipped that trend. Nope. And fuck it, no. We, <laughs> we know. Everybody has it, but yep. Canada has it pretty bad. Yep. If you just need to look up, I think they call it the Highway of Tears, mm-hmm. and it's really horrible. There might be either one or multiple serial killers who target indigenous women along highways. Yeah, and my, because they're indigenous, they didn't give a fuck. My friend Peter is in grad school in Canada, and when he came home for Christmas this year, we had a very nice long talk about <laughs> all of the ways that Canada is trying to, I guess, reparate, yeah. or at the very least, like, acknowledge that their they really big shitty past. Centuries. Yeah. yeah. Anyway... As a kid, I was horrified and fascinated with the idea that all the violence from our government was a new form of hunting by the adlet, more effective and savage. I am not a fan, of. I just thought you guys might get a kick out of the story and the interesting context. Lots of love, Nora. Nora! Nora! Amazing! I love it. Thank you, Nora. This is, this is just, I love that 
Right. Anyway, this monster thing went to Europe, and that's why we have white people. <laughs> that's why we have white people. That explains so that much. That explains so much. Nora. By the way, Nora's phonetic spelling reminds me of learning oh. the other week that one of my former <laughs> students listens to this podcast. I'm so sorry. And Elizabeth, thank you for listening to the podcast, but also, yeah... We'll hit you up for pronunciations. She's gonna put her on fucking speed dial. She speaks Norwegian, and she's like, she was like the top kid in Latin at our school, <laughs> um, and so she she gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Last night, my my Jack and I were watching YouTube videos, just mm-hmm. like silly YouTube videos. And I showed him the one of Taryn Edgerton pronouncing his hometown in Wales, oh, yeah. which is like forty letters long. And I was like, I have to pronounce a lot of Welsh and Gaelic words. And whenever I do, it's a nightmare. And he goes, why do you have to pronounce a, oh. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, and it's not good. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, like, a nice thing about teaching American lit, even when we're using, like, contemporary American lit with diverse voices, is for the most part, like, there are, you know, family names that are very you know, common yeah. in America, even if they have, like, international backgrounds, you know, children yeah. of immigrants. But, th- and those are fine. Yeah. I'm glad I don't teach, you know, world lit or Brit lit <laughs> sometimes where I'm like, I, I would botch this and my kids would be like, wow, she's so stupid. Yeah. I need to pretend like I'm smart. Yeah. You, ne- you need to maintain that level of authority. Authority. Yeah. Just a little With bit. your pretending to be smart. Yeah. This is Spoop Hour, the podcast where we pretend to be smart. <laughs> Isn't that all podcasts? Probably. Probably. We're all just dumb. I'm sorry. At the very least, we're women, and women of color. Yes. Mixed race. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I about it. So, did anything spooky happen to you this week? Um, I finally got off my ass and went to the doctors to get antibiotics. Yay! So I am st- feeling better. I'm still a little bit plugged up, but yeah. I am less and less so. My Yay. throat still hurts a little bit, but again, less and less so, which That's reminds fine. me, after we finish recording this, I need to take my evening dose of my Yay. antibiotic. And then really nothing like too spooky. Mm-hmm. My weight for Kingdom Hearts is now in single digits. That's very spooky for That's me. pretty spooky. It's so spooky I'm leaving the country. <laughs> yeah. I actually have some... Uh, we talked about this the other day. I'm going to give you cash money. Oh, no. <laughs> If you would, if you would do some shopping for me in Tokyo, I saw that thing you retweeted. That was that person who was like, "I can't wait to play as Toy Sora." Yeah, and because of the styling, I was like, "Oh my god, does Japan McDonald's have Kingdom no. Hearts toys?" Because I was about to be like, "Do I have to buy this for Sasha?" And then I like read it and I realized like, it was like oh, an no, illustration. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, it's an illustration. I see what yeah. I'm looking at. So now. I'm yeah, nothing, nothing spooky. I, yeah. I'm just really excited for you to go to Japan. Yay. Not not because I want you to buy me Kingdom Hearts stuff, but I'm but excited a for you. Because you I'm excited for you to just go to Japan. Oh, I uh, spooky. Um, I found motivation to do <gasps> like a shit ton of work yesterday and today. Yeah. So my brain is tired, but I found yeah. motivation. So that's pretty spooky. Yeah. As I'm sure we're all aware, as a very anxious person, I get really anxious before like big trips and mm. international trips in particular. I was the same way last year before I went to Sydney. I got yep. really like so I'm in peak like. Panic all yep. the time, so I've been having some like nutso nightmares. Last no. night I dreamt that our friend Christy and I went to a Grimes concert, but it was Grimes's like body and performance, but it was Lord singing. 
like Grimes what? would open her mouth and Lord's voice would come out, and then there were it was being bombed. Like that's actively. a very specific nightmare. It is. Like you wouldn't go to a Grimes concert. No, I wouldn't. But I, I might go to a Lord, a Lord concert, concert, but not a Grimes concert, especially now that she's removed anti-imperialist from her Twitter bio because she dated Elon Musk for a hot second. Yeah, Jack and I watched Hilda this week yeah. on Netflix, and I love Luke Pearson. And I love. Um, you know his work but then we were listening to the theme song and it says theme song by Grimes and Jack and I were like oh no one bad thing about this show (laughs) nothing can be perfect yeah nothing can be perfect nothing can be perfect but otherwise the only spooky thing other than all of the nightmares I have been having was last week while Mm. Sasha essentially was on our middle floor like in a little bubble of sick and so I didn't want to bother her when I got home from California because she was sleeping so I went downstairs to the basement and I must have knocked into something or like something fell because I was down there I was by myself I knew you were up here essentially unconscious and our other mysterious third roommate was not home I fell asleep sitting up you were you were I was I was sitting up with my laptop on my lap yes because I was trying to do work while I was sick. Yes. And at some point, unconscious me tucked myself in and yes, closed my laptop. I came back up to get some more water, and you were fully laid out on the couch then, and your laptop was in a safe place. So somehow you woke up a little bit, retucked, and then went back to sleep. I have no memory but, of that. I guess that's spooky. Yeah. Anyway, yeah so you knocked I'm, something I, over? Well, or? I don't know. I was just like on the couch. I was watching Netflix, and I just heard like a really big bang, and I was like, uh. Uh. But I wasn't murdered, so it's probably fine. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. We're not we're not ho- ghost hosts. Uh, <laughs> honestly, so long as I'm not murdered, I'm like, I think it's fine. This is fine. This is fine. I'm not I'm not murdered yet. Yeah. I guess I had like some pretty like spooky nightmares like this week, but mm-hmm. a lot of them were just like stress induced and I don't really remember a lot of them. They were a lot like just work based. I will say the missiles at the Grimes concert in my dream last night, mm-hmm. they did they didn't go off right away, so like they sunk in the ground. And then you had about 16 seconds, so you could, like, get around them, and they had a very, like, confined radius. And Christy was like, let's Sounds go get like something. video game. It kind of was. It was very video game-like. I've been playing Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, if it helps, which is a fun game. That, yeah, I played the demo. It's really it's fun. It's very fun. Yeah. yeah, I got it for Christmas on my DS, and it's, it's very fun. Anyway, yeah. so you had to like time it out and then you right, had to go right. and Christy was like, let's go get food. And I'm like, but a bunch of missiles were just dropped. Can we just wait for them all to explode and then go? And she was like, no, I'm hungry now. So I'm like sprinting past all of them. And I was like, ah, uh, yes, Christy, <laughs> calm <laughs> under pressure. Christy in my dreams, completely calm in missile scenarios, but wanting to eat. Amazing. Amazing. Anyway, we're talking about brainwashing and cults we today. Are. Yeah. So I don't know how you did your research. I have two cults, one long, one little short baby, and then I have notes on the general concept of brainwashing. I just have MK Ultra. MK Ultra. Because uh, from a very long time ago mm-hmm. recommendation from our friend in real life and who listens to the podcast, Megan. Hi, Megan. She was like, here are things you guys need to talk about on your podcast. And one of them was MKUltra. So yes. we're finally doing that today. We low-key touched on it when we did our Conspiracy Theories episode mm-hmm. because it was from the game Conspiracy Theory or Actual Historical Event. <laughs> yep. It was the MKUltra. They gave them LSD ostensibly to cure schizophrenia. But or we're going to learn more. mind control. Or mind control. We just don't know. I'll tell so, you a little bit about it, even though we're really not sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So my brainwashing, literally, that's all it is. Sure. So I can do brainwashing, and then you can do yours, and then I'll do both of mine, because yeah. one's short and one's longer. Well, okay, cool. So the concept of brainwashing was first used as a term. Like, obviously, presumably, brainwashing has been around for a very long time, because people are monsters and like to control other people. Yeah, I was going to say, like, manipulation, there are always going to be manipulators oh, and yeah. the manipulated. Yes. Yeah. So 
historically, a lot of that. But the first time the term brainwashing was used was in the 1950s, Mm. and it was used specifically to describe the coercive measures that the Chinese government would allegedly use to make people cooperative, so particularly like POWs and whatever, Mm because remember, 50s is high to Cold War, China's this big scary, we don't know what the fuck their Mm -hmm. deal is. And we're in the midst of the Korean War as well. Korean War, yeah, yeah. and there was, you know, with the Korean War, there were Korean POWs, Mm -hmm. and then it's like, well, why are they chill with the Chinese government? And so there was speculation that, oh, it's brainwashing. Mm -hmm. It was then retroactively applied to Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. Like, this is how so many people were able to go along with this horrible thing. But who knows if it was actually brainwashing or sometimes people are just horrible. Anyway, and then certain criminal cases in the U.S. were then labeled as being, like, an example of brainwashing. Mm -hmm. Most notably was the Patty Hearst case, which I can summarize because I find it very interesting. So if you're not familiar, Patty Hearst is a member of the publishing Hearst family. And they have a lot of money, so this is why it is of note. She was kidnapped by the Symbionese Liberation Army, and after being in captivity for a few weeks, she agreed to be a member of the uh, the Symbionese Liberation Army, and she was caught on camera in 1975 robbing a bank with the group, and so people were like, oh shit, Patty Hearst, who was like America's sweetheart, like, bring her back, we're so scared Mm -hmm. for her, is holding this giant gun and, you know, robbing a bank. So once she was arrested for said bank robbery and other crimes, her defense argued that she had been treated like the Korean War Mm -hmm. POWs. So they were like, obviously she got brainwashed by these things. She kind of got Stockholm Syndrome, kind of all of that. Got bundled together saying like, she there was no way she could have resisted. Who knows? And also... She was a wealthy white girl, so we want the best for her. Yeah. Anyway, so the brainwashing defense has subsequently come up in other times. Usually it's in cases where one person is younger and seen as kind of like the accessory to the crime, and then right. the mastermind of the crime is the person who manipulated them into it. So you also see it in 2003 with Lee Boyd Malvo, who was... <sighs> The younger of the two for the DC sniper case. Which is a case that is very familiar to yes, us cause... as two kids who were in middle school and high school during yeah. that time. I was in eighth grade. Oh, was it when I was in seventh grade? Yeah, because yeah, oh, it was yeah, 2003. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was in seventh grade. Yeah, yeah, so I guess we were both middle school yeah, kids. So yeah, so we were, we were little babies. I remember the first case where some rando got shot. I, it happened to be when I was in gym class and we were outside on the field, probably mm-hmm. running laps because why else would you do anything else? But I remember all of a sudden, like somebody came out from the building was like, everybody inside right now. And we were all like, I mean, cool, we get to stop running, but what? Right. And then it was Yay. like, it, like they didn't tell us what was going on, I assume, because they didn't want to scare us. But basically we didn't have PE outside for a long time. Yeah. Anyway. Like everything was canceled. It was just area. like you were told to run in zigzags into schools. They had those big sheets of plastic up at the gas station yep. to like hide who was there. It was a whole thing. But anyway, the younger of the two snipers, because it was this kid and I think it was his stepdad. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So Lee Boyd Malvo, it was argued that he was brainwashed by the older of mm-hmm. the DC snipers. It was ultimately ineffective. They were like, no, he wasn't brainwashed. He willingly went along with this, da 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 And he was sentenced to, I think, life. He got a yeah, long prison there, sentence. there is something about him being put up for something. Like yeah. Parole or, yeah. But, yes, brainwashing. Yeah. So that's, that's yep. the general concept of brainwashing. Mm-hmm. So a big kind of, you know, spooky brainwashing thing that it comes up a lot in, 
I guess, government conspiracy theories is mm-hmm. this program called Project MK Ultra, which was the CIA's mind control program. And this is one of those things where sometimes conspiracy theories are true. Yeah, that's yeah. the best part. This actually legit happened. Yeah, so... Not a conspiracy um, theory. It so was just awful. One of... I guess the major conspiracy is that, oh, the government is trying to control my mind. And the it truth was. is the government has invested millions in mind control technologies. So basically in the early 1950s, mm-hmm. the... CIA started asking strange questions and memos like, can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will? (laughs) Which is such a fucking chill memo to get. Right. Imagine being at work and being like, hey, hypothetically. Hypothetically. Could we like maybe control somebody's mind? Do you think even against fundamental laws of nature, such as self-preservation, someone would uh, do something? (laughs) And so starting in April 1953, the CIA decided to start finding out. They wanted to develop drugs that could manipulate Soviet spies and foreign leaders, basically a truth serum mm. and the funny thing is the CIA you know are thinking of other ideas but director Alan Dulles <gasps> of like Dulles, Dulles International Airport, Airport fame that motherfucker um, complained that there weren't enough human guinea pigs to try these extraordinary techniques although that does kind of plant the seed that just recently like within the past mm. like three or so years they discovered that a huge war criminal was working at Dulles Airport and like nobody did a background check right it's named after a sketchy person so of course it hired a war criminal yeah so basically the lack of test subjects drove the CIA to wander off the ethical deep end leading the agency to experiment on unwitting Americans, but also so different sources have kind of different notes, but they were also saying they experimented on not just, you know, random Americans. They took student volunteers. They took patients at mental hospitals. Mm -hmm. Prisoners who both did and didn't volunteer. Drug addicts who were paid in more drugs. um, And then also unlucky CIA agents where once in a while they would just start lacing each other's things with LSD to see what would happen. Like, Um, you know your CIA program is bad when, obviously, picking on marginalized people in a lot of cases, we're cool with that as a nation. Like, we have a whole problem with marginalized people. But you know it's particularly bad when it's like, why don't we just LSD each other without saying anything? This seems fine. There were about 80 institutions, including 44 college, that housed MKUltra labs for these tests. And then I have lost the tab. I think I closed it. But there was one that was talking about, oh, here it is, that they also may have tested on prisoners of war during the Korean War as well. So um, just a bunch of horrible shit. Just a bunch of horrible shit. So they they would test by giving people with like LSD and heroin and seeing if these substances could potentially aid in discrediting individuals, elicit information, implant suggestions, and other forms of mental control. Also, there were 70,000, sorry, 7,000 military personnel who were also injected with LSD at different oh points. Oh my god! And many suffered psychotic episodes. Of there was course. one, I think it was one, you know, CIA person doing it to another CIA person. But someone actually, like, in the psychotic episode died, and so it was actually Jesus. investigated as a murder case instead. Yeah. But 
There was also a point where there was another project, not just MKUltra, but Project Artichoke, where they were trying to <laughs> erase people's memories. So there was control oh, no. and memory. <laughs> I don't know why you'd call it artichoke. Artichokes are so tasty. Why would you do this to them? Yeah, so they were trying to check hypnosis and morphing to induce amnesia. Mm. And then there was also, they were studying, the CIA was tra- studying something known as a Chinese brainwashing technique called Project Q Hilltop. QK Hilltop, okay. and looking at ancient mind-scrambling methods to make interrogations easier. All right, so here's here's my conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. MK Ultra, right? Yeah. And now we're on Q? QH So were Hilltop. there N, O, and P Qs? Oh, like P- programs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so maybe there were some programs maybe. missing in between. Yeah. So in the wake of the Watergate scandal, <gasps> decades later, yeah. right? Fuck, they did it for so long. The CIA ended up destroying hundreds of thousands of MK Ultra documents. Mm. Only 20,000 ended up escaping the shredder, and the CIA shef- shifted its efforts from mind control to clairvoyance instead. <laughs> so Isn't that the premise of the men who stare at goats? Basically. the men In the mid-1970s, it launched the Stargate Project, <gasps> where they were trying to study the shadowy phenomenon of remote vi- viewing, where they wanted to see if it was possible to see through walls with your mind. Which- and that project... Closed in 1995. We were alive when that closed. Oh my god, it's like Animal Behavior Enterprises. I will say, if you've watched at least the first season of Stranger Things, one, it's implied that Mm -hmm. Eleven's mom was part of the MK Ultra initiative. Yes. And two, that's kind of what she's doing. And so there's actually an article from Rolling Stone that said, Stranger Things, the secret CIA programs that inspired the hit series. And so they actually interviewed, they were looking at like the Duffer brothers and how they mm-hmm. used different things. So the government funded drug experiments. The, this is when Chief Hopper tracks down Terry Ives, mm-hmm. the first woman who attempted to sue the government for abuse after what happened to her at Hawkins. They talk about MK uh, Project MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. There is looking at like the sensory deprivation stuff used Ugh. against Eleven child test subjects, and this is where I start because I have to make like some kind of connection to Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> In Kingdom Hearts, when you're reading through like the secret reports, there's and I'm sure Maxwell's probably like, no, we're going to talk about this on Simple Sasha, and Confused. No. Don't do it. But in the secret reports, it says that their, like, children made the best, like, subjects for studying matters of the heart because they Mm -hmm. had such pure, light hearts. And then at first I was like, well, that's really creepy. And then I forgot about it for a while. And then when you go into, like, Kingdom Hearts 2 and you learn about Organization 13, it seems like everyone who lost their hearts in these experiments were, you know, adults except for maybe, like, the one science kid Uh who was adopted, um, we find out later. Mm -hmm. But then... In, like, one of the more recent trailers for Kingdom Hearts 3, one of the villains, like, talks to the guy who used to be, like, Mr. Smarty Pants, the real Ansem, and was like, what about all the children? And I was like, shit, I forgot about that! (laughs) And so, yeah, testing on children. Also happens in Kingdom Hearts, apparently. One, super bummer. (laughs) Yeah. Two, this is something that you see, like, particularly, I know I always bring it up, with kids who remember their past lives. It's always children who do it. It's not usually adults who are like... I remember when I was that successful business person. And they always say that, like, by the time the kid is five, they've forgotten it. Yeah. So you got to get them young if they're going to be clairvoyant. Right. And basically, like, all of this was pretty non-scientific for as much as... (laughs) What, you're telling me that accident... Well, on purpose, secretly lacing your co-worker's coffee with LSD is not scientific? It was, like, highly unscientific research. They, you know, the drugs were found to make the subjects more suggestible or pliable, but none of them resulted in, like, a truth serum that the CIA wanted or, like, a 
reliable torture aid, because that's what the CIA does. Yeah. And then it also was kind of counterproductive, because then, like, you know, all these hippies got on LSD. (laughs) They're like, you know what's fun? Tripping on LSD. (laughs) And John Lennon was even quoted in an interview mocking the CIA, saying, we must always remember to thank the CIA and the army for LSD. That's what people forget. They invented LSD to control people, and what they did was give us freedom. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so in 1973, the CIA director, Richard Helms, so taking over from Dulles, yeah. again, he wanted it, all the documents destroyed. In 1977, the Congress organized church committee and examined the remaining records. Mm. And so Presidents Ford, Carter, and Reagan issued orders banning all future human experimentation without consent by government agencies. Better, but still not great. Right. And if you're going to do terrible experiments, you just have got to make sure everybody's on board with them. Yeah. And the big thing was basically asking, so how illegal was this? <laughs> well, how illegal is it for your government to try to test brainwashing techniques on you? Ugh. It violated the Nuremberg Codes, Great. Um, which were agreed to by the U.S. after the trials of Nazi war, war criminals mm-hmm. by administering drugs without informed consent. Um, at least two people, Frank Olson and Howard Blower, died as a result of being drugged without their knowledge. And the true extent of psychological damage and death toll is impossible to know, as, again, most of these things were burned and the unscientific nature of the um, tests, that they basically can't determine what later events like suicide yeah. or, you know, like catatonic behavior or whatever yeah, or were like attributable. You have a bad reaction to the LSD. Right. And- yeah, I, it's like that story you were telling me about the guy who is like, I'm going to do coke, but I'm also going to take Viagra. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Context. This was not a person that I know. No, this oh, was not my this story. This is not a podcast. This is from Nicole Byer's podcast. It's from Why Won't You Date Me When Jamila Jamil is on. She tells about the one and only time she tried to have a booty call. It is hilarious. But yes, he, he's on coke and also and Viagra. So, yeah, the, the CIA... Dumb babies. Yeah. Didn't know what they were doing. No. They just wanted to make it easier in the Cold War to torture our enemies and get a leg up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I do remember from my AP psych class in high school, brag, that (laughs) (laughs) that with hypnosis in particular, one, it only works if you believe it's going to. So like if you go in being like, this might work, it'll do it. And if you go in being like 100%, this isn't going to work, it's not going to, you have to be suggestible. And two, they tried experiments with subliminal messaging as well. And Mm. so there's always like the, oh, they hide secret messages. Ivanette Niaj. Exactly. (laughs) They hide secret messages to get you to join the Navy. Yeah. For example. Ivanette Niaj. (laughs) But what it does is, so if you're watching a feature-length film and they include a subliminal message and it's an image of popcorn, you're not going to then go, man, I really want popcorn. I'm just going to go buy some popcorn and spend my money on popcorn because I love popcorn. That's not going to be what happens. But if after you watch the movie with the subliminal images of popcorn, you're given three snacks. So it's like, here's cotton candy, here's popcorn, and here's pretzels. Which one of these do you associate with the film? People will choose the popcorn. Popcorn. Right. So So it doesn't work in the same way people want it to. It's cool and a weird brain thing. Right. But it doesn't, it's not going to like make you join the Navy or think that pink is the new orange or whatever, whatever Josie and the Pussycats taught us. Yeah. And I was thinking also about when you said hypnosis, like, at, I don't I don't know if they did this, the same thing, like, the year before, you know, I was a freshman in college, but you mm-hmm. know the freshman orientation week at JMU? Yeah. They always have, like, a like a hypnotizer. 
hip, you know, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, yeah, yeah. what, do, like, you what call do you call that guy? A hypnotizer. A, a mesmer, mesmer artist, artist. Yeah. A magician. Whatever he is. Um, <laughs> a hypnosis and, you know, they took up, you know, 12 volunteers or whatever over the freshman class orientation um, in our, like, basketball arena. Yeah. And he, he got them to get and sit and whatever. And there was one thing where he was talking about, like, you're going to get up and you're going to dance and like, be crazy or whatever. And everyone did. And at some point... Um, one boy, like, I think he said something about, like, the boys are going to drop pants or whatever. Mm -hmm. And one boy went to go drop his pants and he pulled his boxers down with him. (gasps) So all of us got flashed. Dicks! (laughs) I think his name was, like, Pantsless Pete. Amazing. It was, like, it was very alliterative. Pantsless Patrick? Something like, yeah. yeah. But it was very strange. And he was like, well, I was hypnotized. I bet that's the last year JMU had the hypnosis yeah i was like oh no <laughs> they were like oh fuck oh, we fuck. fucked up we now fucked we have to up. explain to all these parents why we just showed a the dick. dick at this school right. sanction like, defense please hope that this is a freshman who is 18 already oh jesus because at that point i was only 17 yeah that's I was like, true oh. yeah i would have been 17 yeah had that i don't know that we had a hip yeah, yeah we had hip- no we have guy. One. I don't know that we had one. We yeah. had all of the acapella groups performed like a medley of '90s TV show theme songs. Yeah, they did that, that at my springboard, and I was yeah. like, <laughs> I don't care. I love acapella, but I '90s TV. I didn't watch a ton of it, yeah. so I've I've never seen Full House. Like a lot of so like they'd start singing something, and I'd be like, Yes, yeah, I don't know this. That's why we're so, friends. Yeah, this is why we're friends because we missed '90s TV. We missed anyway. a lot of '90s TV. Yeah, so brainwashing. I will say <laughs> that I think it's one BSP is amazing. You should go listen to them anyway. Mm-hmm. This is the Believer Skeptic podcast, but Cody, I think it is, did some like work thing where they had a hypnotized human guy. Hypnotizing guy. I, I can't wait for someone to tweet at us I know. and be like, "This is the word you guys were reaching we're for." We're gonna get like thirty people being like, "You guys are fucking dumb." This morning I was reaching for the word degenerate. Oh no! And I couldn't. I came up with a bunch of other words. Detergent. That, not even detergent. Like just other negative words oh. to describe someone. I couldn't come up with degenerate. degenerate. Three hours later, I looked at Jack and went, "Degenerate." <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, that was the word." Hip. No. Sis. I mean, there's that Pokemon named Hypno. Hypnobro. Like Hypnosis and uh-huh. Hypnobro. Nailed it. Nailed it. Also, episode title. title. Hypnosis and Hypnobro. Anyway, so, anyway, Cody. Yes, he, yeah, yeah, Cody, Cody yeah, he went to some work thing where they had a Hypnobro, and he volunteered to get hypnotized, and he says that he went along with it, but at a certain point, he, like, woke up because it was something that would be embarrassing for mm-hmm. him to do, and at that point, he was done. He was out of it. He was like, I'm no longer hypnotized oh, because his self-preservation kicked in. So, See, interesting. So, yeah, that's why MK Ultra doesn't work. Yeah, we should try to get hypnotized. We could, yeah. Yeah, but not MK Ultra style, like no, fun style. I don't, no. No. No drug. No drug. No, thank you. No, thank you. LSD is a big, let's stop doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Or, the only drug I need is LSD, love for son and daughter. (laughs) Yes. That was two Simpsons references in one episode so far. We're we're crushing it. We're crushing it. Anyway, you ready to talk about some spooky cults? Let's talk about cults. So, the first one is a real bummer. I'm going to go ahead and slap a content and trigger warning on this now. It is a discussion of child abuse. I will put... I'll be sure to put this in the episode description as well so that you can avoid it mm-hmm. if this is the sort of thing that you don't want to hear about. What is interesting is while you were describing MKUltra, I was like, oh, this sounds like that. And Ooh. I did not realize the parallels because I'm about to tell you about the family. 
Na 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 leader. <laughs> Do you remember the episode of The Simpsons where they all join a cult? Na 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 leader. Yeah. Leader. Leader. Yeah. Anyway, this, this is this not is a like, fun cult like that. Aw, dang. Yeah, this is not like flowing white robes and mostly just hippy-dippy shit. Mostly a money heist. Controlled. Yeah, it's, it's mostly a money heist. We have Netflix cycling through its screensavers right now, and it's it's been fun. They have a show called Money Heist, which is the most boring combination of words for a title that I've ever seen. Anyway, so a less celebrated of the breaking of the glass ceiling began in the 1960s on the outskirts of Melbourne, Australia. Ah, there, Dr. Rainer Johnson started hosting regular meetings of a religious and philosophical nature in 1963 with his friend Bill Hamilton Byrne. But the star and undisputed leader of the group was Anne Hamilton Byrne. This isn't that sto- the cult that was in that instant hotel. No, that cult's bullshit because okay. I made my mom watch Instant Hotel and yeah. she was like, that could be real. And I'm like, Australia has very few cults. I would know. And my mom's like, well, it wasn't a cult. It was just a polygamist. And we looked it up. And guess what's not true? Fucking Gold Coast. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So Anne was a yoga teacher by profession, and she led the group in a combination of Christianity, Hinduism, and other cherry-picked, cherry-picked, cherry-picked bits of religion and philosophy on the central platform that spiritual truths are universal, which is super nice. That is really nice. The end. Nothing else happened. They just had like a little hippy-dippy yoga group. Unfortunately, despite her pearls, perfectly coiffed blonde hair, and well-made-up white lady face, Anne Hamilton Byrne made horrible history as one of the few female cult leaders Mm. to ever exist. Mm. And the family would go down as a horrifically cruel exercise in brainwashing, control, and kidnapping. The family's motto was unseen, unknown, unheard. You know, I think I've heard of the family... In that there was an indie band a few years ago mm-hmm. where, like, one of the singers was a child of someone oh, who was fuck. in the family. It, like, popped up in an interview or something. I yeah. remember being like, what's that? And then I looked it up very and briefly like, and it was like, X it's out, a cult. X out, and X out, I was like, X out, X out. <laughs> all right, well, I don't really care about their this band that much, but oh, God. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> like, God. Yeah. Yeah, this is that family. This is the family. Yeah. Oh, God. So Anne was the leader of the family for one very simple reason. She claimed to be the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Which seems to be a very common cult thing. Like, there, if I had a nickel for every cult that I've read about where the founder is like, oh, I'm Jesus Christ. And then they made people do horrible things. And they're like, it's okay. They're Jesus. Mm. Fuck that shit. But I'd have a lot of nickels. Her goal was simple creating a perfect master race by collecting children and forcing them to meet her standards of perfection. Okay. Master race, never a good sign. Just shut that shit down immediately. Just fuck that. Uh... To make them uniform, Anne insisted that the 28 children who ultimately came into her possession have bleach blonde hair and wear matching clothes. They were homeschooled at Kai Lama, the cult's remote patch of property on the outskirts of Melbourne. And... They were fully indoctrinated into the cult because they, they basically they weren't allowed to leave. Right. You were homeschooled there. You only hung out with other members of the family. Yeah. That was it. That was all you did. Right. You did not leave the farm. That's where you go. Often these poor children, as part of a cleansing ritual going into puberty, would be given LSD. And then they would be locked in a dark room without an explanation of what was happening to them because they weren't told we're going to give you LSD as a cleaning ritual or a cleansing ritual. 
they were just given LSD and then locked in a dark room where occasionally Anne and other psychiatrists and psychologists would just like wander in to see what was what they were up to, but they wouldn't be told what was happening. So can you fucking imagine you're tripping balls, you don't know what's happening and you're in a dark room? I hate it. Horrible. Anne was a monster. Yeah. She also had a crew of followers ready to abuse the children until they were obedient. These were called the aunties and uncles, which is some Handmaid's Tale bullshit, and I don't like it. Basically, these so-called aunties regularly deprived the kids of food, which is usually one of the like easiest and fastest ways to brainwash someone is you deny them food yeah. because at a certain point your brain weakens and you're not thinking clearly think of how you are when you're super hungry right and now imagine days of that you're not thinking clearly you're easier to control you're weak you're more likely to okay i'll go along with it just please fucking feed mm-hmm. me the aunties also beat the children with belts and held their heads in buckets of water for unspecified amounts of time <sighs> these poor fucking kids There was only one announced rule, which was the very simple, very straightforward, do anything that Anne says and do it immediately. That's it. That's all you had to do was just do every fucking thing she said. So if she told you to wear something, wear it without question. If she said you eat this, Mm -hmm. you eat it. And she would tell you to marry some rando. And then you had to marry that rando because Mm -hmm. Anne was in charge. She was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. She could do whatever the fuck she wanted. To make things even more truly awful, the rules were inconsistently enforced. So if, say, she was like, eat this, and you didn't, sometimes it'd be like, oh, you. And sometimes you would be fucking drowned. Who knows? And it's also the kind of thing, like, because the only rule was do anything that Anne said, sometimes Anne is just going to contradict other things that she said. And you can read accounts from children who survived the family and it's really horrible, but they talk about how like, basically you just want everybody to be obedient because it's like, Mm -hmm. if you break the rule, we might all get punished. Uh, And also you try to follow all these rules all the time, but the rules don't really go together. There's overlap, they contradict each other. Like what, how do you Uh, go along with everything one person says all the time when that person is clearly a monster? One thing that was consistent was the way Anne started out talking to both the followers of the family and to these children. Mm-hmm. On first meeting a potential recruit, she would say, I've been waiting for you. You are special, oh, which gosh. is so horrible. Unfortunately, this didn't last. Part of the torture was emotional abuse. So she would basically shower people with love and affection the second they joined and then pull it away as a means of control. So it's a classical emotional abuse thing where it's like, I love you so much. I love you so... Oh, you did that? Oh. Oh, I don't love you anymore. And then she'd freeze them out, give them the cold shoulder. And these are people who are obviously vulnerable, particularly Mm -hmm. these poor fucking kids. And Anne's like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Mommy loves you. Mommy loves you. Oh, mommy doesn't love you anymore because you fucked up. So now you're going to have your head held in a bucket of water. The children were acquired in a bunch of different ways. Some were forcibly taken from their parents and they, these were the ones who would be given drugs to keep them calm during the transition. Right. Because if there's one thing you want to do with a two year old, it's fucking drug them without their consent. Good. Some were given up for adoption and willingly given to the family, which is really sad because it was people in bad places who were like, Oh, this seems like, you know, Anne sits them down and says, I've been waiting for you. You are special. And they're like, oh, this is great. This child is going to be loved. It's going to a loving family. This is a great way for this child to be adopted. Right. And so the biological parents would sign them over. Some adult members of the family worked at a nearby psychiatric hospital. So talk about taking advantage of the vulnerable. 
And so they would use the patients who resided there both as potential adult recruits for the cult yeah. and as providers of children. So it's like, well, you're in a psychiatric hospital. Is this really the best place for your child to be? And can they have, why don't you just give a, we'll love and take care of your child. Yeah. Like horrible. Don't fucking do that. Yep. You fucking monsters. And also participated in less than legal adoption, where there were some members of the family who were lawyers and doctors. So they would use those members to kind of like do an end run around the process of adoption. Yeah. Which is a super bummer. These children who were acquired this way were given fake birth certificates to make oh, them God. seem like biological members of the Hamilton Byrne family. So then you, you can't rescue them because it's like, well, no, these are our kids. Right. So it's not like, that's my kidnapped child. I'm looking at the photos oh, of yeah. the children. It's, just, it's isn't really that, sad. It's so horrible. Ugh. And again, these children who were not legally adopted, who were just sort of taken or like... A lawyer is like, yeah, I'll forge a fucking adoption certificate, whatever, and given the last name Hamilton Byrne. These children were told that Anne was their biological mother and that all the adults in the group were their extended family. So they were genuinely your aunts and uncles. And they, these kids in particular weren't allowed to interact with the outside world at all. Yeah. So they stay on Kailama. They don't get to leave. As a creepy fun fact, Julian Assange, the founder of WikiLeaks and a shitty person, yeah. has admitted that he was in part raised by a cult member. Okay. Because... His mother in the late 70s dated a man who was a member of the family, and Assange said that the man had, quote, a sinister presence, and he wanted, quote, a certain psychological power over them. Eventually, Assange and his mother fled this man. So, because that's what the family did. That's how you bring new members in. It's like, oh, I'm a super normal person. How about we date? Like Scientology. Like, that's what fucking Scientology does. Ugh. I don't know if you've ever read the Reddit relationships thread, but if you ever need to feel mm. better about yourself, there are some wild mm-hmm. ones in there. But there was one ages ago where it's like, this guy was like, I married this woman and I thought she held the same beliefs as me. And after we got married, suddenly she's like super evangelical. She's insisting that we go to church. She's insisting that I participate in this really extreme, like he didn't mention what the church was, but mm. he's like, suddenly it's super, super extreme and like all of this. And like, she wasn't like this before we got married. What the fuck? Because that's a cult recruiting strategy. That's what they do. It's like they sucker you in. And then you're like, oh, well, I love them. So let's, yeah, yeah let's do this. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, BT dubs, you're in a fucking cult now. Ugh. I get really mad about cults. We'll get into it. The family came under police scrutiny in 1971, but the compound wouldn't be raided for another 16 years. Damn. Because that's how long they took to build this case, which I get. You want to be super thorough. Spearheading the raid were two children who escaped the family because they were kicked out because they broke the rules. And essentially, like, they just kept breaking the rules. They're like, fine, get the fuck out. And then immediately, Sarah Moore and Leanne Kreese, two badass bitches, immediately they go to the police and they're like, let me tell you the shit that I just had to fucking grow up with. And so by the time Operation Forest raided the cult's headquarters, the cult had 500 members. Mm -hmm. They had wrecked marriages. They had destroyed families. They had obviously tortured a bunch of people. And people were psychologically scarred, both the children and the cult members, because weirdly, you can't escape a cult intact. It's very hard to. Mm -hmm. Some people attempted or completed suicide either during their time in the family or after they escaped. Anne and her husband, at the time the cult was broken up, were worth 150 million fucking dollars. Because Mm -hmm. when you join the cult, guess what you do? You sign over all your shit to the reincarnation of Jesus Christ and her husband. So they acquired property, they got cash money, Mm-mm. everything. 
was the family. So they were worth $150 million. They fled overseas to avoid charges, but in 1993, Ann and Bill were finally apprehended on minor fraud charges. But not on abuse charges. No, they paid a $5,000 fine and spent no time in jail, which is fucking insane bullshit. That's bullshit. Put them in jail! Put them in jail! They deserve to be in jail. They deserve to be in jail. Bill, who was described as, quote, a handsome, rich, compliant handbag, died in 2001. Ugh. is still fucking alive, as far as I can tell. She has dementia, and she lives in a nursing home, and is cared for by the few holdouts from the family. So they still care for her. Neither was ever charged with child abuse or any of the other crimes the cult was believed to perpetrate. Mm. So it turns out there's another family. Mm. And it's not the same family. This one was in California. Oh, no. And it's called the Family International. And that was the one that the indie singer was in. But including other notable members of the one that was in California were uh, Rose McGowan. Oh, fuck. Like, has outlined these things in her books and in interviews. Yeah. River Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix, Rain Phoenix, and Summer Phoenix were members of the group with their sister Liberty from Mm -hmm. 1972-1978. And River Phoenix, who died in 1993, told uh, a magazine in 1991 that this cult is ruining people's lives. A couple other, you know, actors and journalists and people who were, like, children in this, like, in the California, the family who were, have, like, talked about abuse, like, as adults. Yeah. Yeah. So there's another one. Don't go anywhere that calls themselves a family. Yeah, just don't trust families. <laughs> You're welcome. Words to live by. Just don't trust fucking families. I, I like Here's, my family. I mean, don't trust them. They're cult members, probably. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, any group that is not a family, a family and purports You're to special. be a... Fuck yeah, no, that. that's dangerous. Fuck that. So here's my thing about cults before I go into, like, the fun... One. It's, it's not fun super one. fun. Okay, I yeah. just, I find, there's a really good dollar for this one. Less horrifying. Okay. Significantly less horrifying. So here's the thing. My thing about cults, I find some of them very interesting to read about, partic- in particular Scientology. I've le- read Leah Remini's book, and it's very eye-opening. Like, but I also get really mad about cults because it's taking advantage of people who are emotionally vulnerable, who are vulnerable in a bunch of ways. Exactly. And then torturing them. And I don't care for that shit at mm-hmm. all. My true crime, unpopular opinion, is I could not give less of a fuck about Charles Manson. I think he was a fucking narcissist. I'm glad he's rotting in hell. I don't give a shit about his bullshit race war manifesto. Could not care less about, oh, well, he's actually... No, fuck off. I don't have time for Charlie Manson. I don't give a shit about him. Like, that's my thing about... I just... I don't... I get really mad about narcissists who take advantage of the emotionally vulnerable. Yep. (laughs) So that's my thing. Like, I can read about it a little bit. Again, particularly Scientology, which, like please, can we take them down? Like, for yeah, real. for real. Send us a cease and desist letter, Tom Cruise. You can eat a dick. So, like, it's just, it's interesting from a psychological perspective, but I get really mad about it because I don't like emotional manipulation. Yep. Which is, like... Which I think no one should like No one should like emotional manipulation, but it's not like, you know, obviously no one likes murder, but it's interesting to read about. Right. It's not like that for me. It's just, like, I just get so mad about it because it's like, I don't I don't care about your bullshit. You are a monster, and I don't care why you did it, and I don't care why you think you're God or whoever the fuck. Right. And why you told all these people to kill themselves. You're a monster. Mm-mm. Period. Full stop. So let's talk about a fun cult. Kind let's talk about a fun one. So, what could be more fun than a cult obsessed with boning, money, and consumerism? Literally nothing. Nothing. That's, that's the pinnacle of fun. <laughs> After gaining followers in the 70s, in the early 70s in India, the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh took this show on the road and set up shop near Antelope, Oregon in 1981. The abandoned ranch he brought was going to be the center of his new city, Rajneeshpuram. Mm. 
But first, he was going to recruit a bunch of people, dress them in orange, pink, and maroon clothes, and encourage them to just bone each other. Good. His whole thing was like, monogamy is for suckers. If you are married, guess what? You're not married anymore. Fuck whoever you want, but especially fuck me, the Bhagwan. (laughs) And also, you know what's really important? Rolls Royces. He had a shit ton of Rolls Royces. He collected fucking diamond watches and all kinds. He was like, greed is good. Yeah. So like, this is part of why it's a quintessentially 80s cult because this was the whole Wall Street era. Right, right. Let's just amass and accumulate bullshit nonsense and like, yay, Yay. greed is good and I want more shiny gold toilets to shit into. So a lot of people were like, this is my kind of cult. You get to fuck a bunch and also you don't have to like take a poverty oath or whatever. Right. Perfect. But the cult hit a snag because essentially Antelope, Oregon was like, we don't love that these cult members are here, but like basically anytime they tried to like just survey to make sure everything was above board and there wasn't any like illegal activity, they'd be followed around with like guns, which is technically legal. But right. like, it's like, this seems icky. We That's don't love not this. great. So Bhagwan was re- like, here's what we do. We stack this election. We have some members of the cult run for election in Antelope. We put them on the city council, then we can do whatever the fuck we right. want. How do you guarantee you win an election? You rig it. So what they did was they took a bunch of homeless people from other parts of the country oh, and they no. bust them in so that they could vote in the elections because now they're residents. Obviously, the town of Antelope was like, we know what you're doing. These people don't have an established address. Mm. And like making it extra sad was like, Bhagwan was like, we're going to provide them hot meals and we're going to take care of them. They're going to live in my magic city of wealth and whatever. And then as soon as it was like, no, you can't commit voter fraud this way. Mm. Then he was like, all right, bye homeless people. So now they're all stuck in Antelope. So anyway, they obviously, they did not succeed in their election. So then... The Rajneesh cult came up with a more sinister plan. Mm-hmm. Luckily, nobody died. Okay. They decided to poison people. Because that's what you do when you don't get what you want. Fine. You fucking poison people. Basically, they went to salad bars throughout town, and they spritzed salmonella in the dressing. Okay. 751 people got sick. Luckily, nobody died. Mm-hmm. And this was in 1984. So a high up in the Rajneesh cult was blamed for it. Bhagwan was like, this wasn't me. This was her. She wanted this. She's gone mad with power. So he, both of them were charged with attempted murder. And so Rajneesh was like, here's the deal. I'm going to plead guilty, but I'm not going to serve jail time. I'll pay a hefty fine. And then I'm going to leave the country. And they were like, okay, fine. Just get the fuck out of here with your bullshit. You bullshit bullshitter. And then he moved out of the country and he rebranded himself as Osho. And this is my favorite detail of the story because you may have heard of Osho because people tend to put like, oh, look at this philosophical old man who's saying like Buddhist things. And he says nice shit about like, it's important to love yourself and whatever else. So every so often, someone on my Facebook feed has an Osho quote and I'm like, "Uh, you probably, he's not who you think. He's a cult leader, but okay. And so he Um, died being pretty well regarded. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there is a character in the Beetlejuice musical. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, his name is Otho. Oh. Yeah, and he's her... He's the... Like, the life coach slash cult leader Mm -hmm. of Delia... Dietz's stepmom. Yeah. Yeah, Of her. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Here are some Osho quotes. Life begins where fear ends. 
sadness gives depth. Happiness gives heights. Sadness gives roots. Happiness gives branches. Happiness is like a tree going into the sky and sadness is like the roots going down into the womb of the earth. Both are needed and the higher a tree goes, the deeper it goes simultaneously. The bigger the tree, the bigger will be its roots. In fact, it is always in proportion. That's the balance. He also said, B, don't try to become. And all of this is just like general new age, mystic, nice, you know, pat on the back, makes you feel good about yourself, self-esteem quotes. But again, this man poisoned 751 fucking people. Yeah. This is reminding me now of a cult that we're not going to talk about today. But the people in, it, it's the it's the lower version of, um, <laughs> no, in Japan when there's oh, a sarin the gas. Rico? Yep, oh, the Yeah, the sarin gas attack. So salmonella, sarin gas. Like, don't yeah, fucking do don't it. Don't fucking you do fucking... anything. Don't attack people. Christ. You should have a moment of, you know what? We might not be the good guys here. Right? This might be bad. Yeah, if you think that hurting other people is the move, you're you're not on the right track at all. Yeah, you're probably wrong. Like, if it's like, you know what's going to make our religion super good is if we fight other people? No, it's not. Don't Mm -mm. do it. Don't do it. Think Think to yourself, am I in a cult? And then maybe stop being in a cult. Maybe stop being in a cult. Maybe ask somebody for help. And, like, again... You always see it because, like, you know, he grew this big, long beard and look at that friendly mystic. No. And, oh, this is Eastern philosophy and fun Western bite-sized chunks. Mm-mm. And it's like, no, this is a man who collected Rolls Royces when he lived in Oregon. Mm-mm. Like, bananas. Bananas. So that's, like, the, the, like, fun, silly cult, even though they poison 751 people. So basically what you're telling me is there aren't a lot of fun, silly cults. No. Cults are not fun cults or silly. are not fun or They're silly. They're super bummers. They're spooky. They're interesting to read about some of the time. Unless you're mean, you get really mad about Charles Manson. Yeah. But, like, if you want to listen to a really good, like, in-depth, because the Rajneesh as a cult were just insanity. It yeah. was just just chaos. And if you want to hear a really in-depth um analysis of it the dollop does a great episode about Mm -hmm. the rajneesh there's i think an episode of my favorite murder focusing on the attempted murder aspect of it because specifically they were targeting three people who they felt thwarted their plans to get on like city council and everything Mm -hmm. but they were like also while we're trying to kill people why don't we poison salad dressing and just see what happens so like no i'd rather find a thumb in my salad dressing Ooh, because think of the money you'd get. Yeah. Excuse me, there's a thumb in my salad dressing. Is this Jimmy Hoffa's thumb? Which is a thing that happened to my dad when it he is. was in high school. It is. But so, yeah, I, no salmonella cult poisonings. Yes. Only Jim, poison. Jimmy Hoffa's thumbs. Only Jimmy Hoffa's thumbs. Let's just all be cool and agree to play with Jimmy Hoffa's thumbs only. <laughs> yeah, like the... I encourage reading about the Rajneesh. Again, I get mad about cults. That's a fun cult to read about just because they were... Fuck, it's like everything, I think part of why it was so popular is it's everything that traditionally religions tell you not to have. They say, you know, take a vow of poverty, mm-hmm. give up, don't focus on worldly possessions, focus on the good in you. And the Rajneesh is like, nah, man, fuck your way through life. And also, you know what's rad? Gold. And Let's fucking Rolls do Royces. it. And Rolls Royces. What, 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 like it's the air horn of cults. Yeah. <laughs> So, not great. <laughs> not great. So tell us your favorite cults to read about. Obviously, they're garbage. If you're in Scientology, maybe talk to somebody. If they've told you those somebodies are suppressive persons, I'm sure we're suppressive persons. Not sorry. Not sorry about it. Sorry. Not sorry. 
I do like the Parks and Rec episode with the send-up of Scientology. Yep. With the uh, reasonableists. Reasonableists, because no one can argue Zorp. against them. Because it sounds like they're being unreasonable. Yeah. But they believe that Zorp is going to come back and melt everybody into goo. Good. Yeah. Hail Zorp. Hail Zorp. Anyway, find us again <laughs> uh, next Tuesday. Actually, no, no, not next Tuesday. Just kidding, not next Tuesday. So, next because... Tuesday, we're taking a week off because I will be out of the country. Mm-hmm. So don't go. You know what's good news? We have over 60 episodes in our catalog. So go listen to one of those. Go listen to one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So no new episode next week, but nope. there will be stuff the, the week after. Week. Probably not anything necessarily spooky, but just talking about Japan. Yes. There will be something spooky because we're going to try to go to the Kichijoji Yura oh, Izakaya. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So she'll have some stories for yeah. that. Um, and then just general like shrine talk. Yeah. And maybe and something spooky will happen while I'm there. Maybe, maybe I'll come back believing yeah. in ghosts. I got clotheslined at a shrine. So. Oh, no. By a literal clothesline or no, by a human? I, by a human. Oh, no. Uh, what but it's you, okay. What? Um, what? Or, no, I didn't get clotheslined. I clotheslined someone and got a cup, like, in my mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> it was one of those, like, big ladles. Oh. Uh, and it was in Kyoto at Kiyomizudera. Uh-huh. And I, uh, someone wasn't watching the way they were going, and the the bar, the handle clotheslined him and then knocked into oh, my face no. and just spilled, like, holy water all over me. Well, now you're super holy. I'm super holy. You got that extra dose of holiness. Hell Did yeah. Did you ever think about starting your old cult with that extra holiness? The spoop cult. The spoop cult. We have a cult following. There's also a really good joke in the office where Creed is talking about like, I've been involved in cults before. He's like, been a follower of a couple, been a leader of a few. It's generally better to be a leader than a follower of cults, (laughs) which is true. Which is true. I don't disagree with that. No, it's just terrible and don't do it. And if you want to do it, maybe look at yourself and think about what that says about you. Exactly. And maybe let's just follow what Naked Nora suggests, which is... Don't be a douchebag. Don't be a douchebag. Let's live by Nora's words of wisdom. Truly. Don't be a douchebag. Wish me luck when you're listening to this. I'm two days out from being on a long airplane ride. Wish me luck for that. I'll be fine. I just get anxious. It's fine. And then I'll come back with presents for Sasha and (laughs) presents for all of you in terms of recounting my adventures. Your presence will be the present. I am Uh the gift. It's like that episode of Game of Thrones where Tyrion rolls up. That's a real thing that happens in Game of Thrones. To tell you how low the quality has gotten, Tyrion rolls up to like Daenerys and she's like, traditionally, when you roll up to royalty, you bring a gift. And he goes, I am the the gift. gift. It's like, come on. God. Just, ugh. This is not my Game of Thrones podcast. Anyway. Anyway. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to me get really mad about cults. I get mm-hmm. mad about them. They're interesting, but I get mad. If you have any stories about brainwashing, too, yes. let me let us know. Or, like, times cults... Because there's apparently... Ooh, I don't know if you saw this. This I probably should have included this earlier in the episode. I don't know if you saw it, but apparently there's, like, women in this area who, like, try to talk to you about, like, Jesus Christ and, like, really evangelical, like, really mm-hmm. intense shit. And it's apparently a front for human trafficking. Good. So it's, like, a culty human trafficking, like, nightmare combination basically stay away from all strangers just don't talk to anyone trust no one i don't trust sasha she doesn't trust me and neither of us is in a cult so we're doing great (laughs) that's not true we trust each other but like be very careful in public places (coughs) i did have a lady once i went to my eye doctor this was like three years ago Mm -hmm. this lady stopped me in the parking lot and handed me a little card about like jesus christ and asked me about you and i'm like no thank you i'm good and now i'm like is she with these people who are fucking recruiting mm. shit? What the shit? Uh, be careful. Be careful. We love you. Be safe. Goodbye. Hey, this is Danielle. And this is Sarah. 
We're the Mysterious Midwest Podcast. We'll be coming at you every Monday with the ookiest and the spookiest happenings in the Midwest. From cryptids to hauntings and creatures that go bump in the night. Join us for a laugh and a drink while we talk about the strange and unusual. You can find us at MysteriousMidwestPod.com. And we're downloadable on wherever you listen to your podcast. We're also all over that social media. So you can find us on Facebook at Mysterious Midwest Podcast. Twitter at Mist Midwest. That's M-Y-S-T Midwest. And Instagram at Mysterious Midwest. That's it. That's it. Keep it spooky. Spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.